Hello, illustrious podcast listeners. You are listening to the only podcast on the Winter Webs that likes to discuss the lessons behind our game. Yes, it is the long journey home, and I am your host, Corbin Johnson. The regional for the Chicagoland, Illinois, 2014, has for second edition has come and gone in short order. Uh, many came. 16 came, actually. 16. That's a huge number. Enough for, I think, five people to for five rounds. I think we went with four. I actually don't know how that works. We went with four rounds, and uh, I believe we did come up with a decisive winner, which is great. And it was Michael Van Bremen, who brought a two-mission win TOS deck uh, that utilized Explore Dyson Sphere and the Enterprise B and went planet first and two 40-point missions and the Enterprise J and all that good stuff for a very brilliant, smart, well-deserved win. It makes me want to throw Dyson Sphere into all my decks, and especially Relativity, and that's going to be a topic of much discussion today, considering what I did bring. I promised on my last podcast I would discuss why I brought the deck I brought, and then, if we have time, I will go into the games. That may get split up into two different podcasts. But we'll start off with why I built the deck I built. I brought the same, basically the same deck I brought last year. And if I'm not mistaken, the only thing that changed is I added a couple of dilemmas and I added a James T. Kirk to it. Uh, of course, original thinker. I had been playing around with a build that was just not as fast. Uh... I had a relativity build that had self-replicating roadblock. It had a lot of extra copies of Oh Nothing Happened and uh, two Kirks in it and an additional third Kirk that was the original Thinker uh, mixed with uh, What's-His-Face, one from Dangerous Missions. And I don't know why, it just wasn't clicking. It seemed almost as if having Kirk out at many mission attempts would cause my opponent to throw their dilemmas differently, and things just wouldn't happen. And that's what happened in my last tournament before the regional. So I scrapped that deck and just went back to basics and brought the deck I'd brought basically from the regional previously and ended up getting third place, which was the second highest placing uh, relativity deck and was the same rank I got the year before. So, I'm excited about that. Sure, I would have loved to take the regional, but I ended up winning a bye to Continentals, which is cool, or whatever, the something, which I wasn't aware of until I did Dan Madison's podcast last week, which was really cool to kind of learn that on the air. So, uh, yeah. Why did I bring it? It's a deck I'm familiar with. And in a game that I'm not familiar with, which is 2nd Edition, I'm still trying to wrap my head around uh, deck building. I'm not very good at 2E deck building yet. I find I put a bunch of cards in that just don't get used, and I play the deck, and I go, oh, I never played with that card, I weed it out, and then it's a very iterative process, and I'm starting to come to this realization that I prefer to just play uh, decks that I know others have had a lot of luck with and a lot of good times with and then just try to learn those decks instead of learning how to deck build. Is that a good way to play the game? Uh, probably not. Uh, eventually I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm considering embarking on a quest where I 
play every affiliation and build a deck from scratch and play that deck at least once at a tournament and that'll at least give me some perspective on the game. However, I feel that it's going to mean I lose a lot of games and I'm not sure if I'm really in the mood for that. I like winning games. Winning games is why I play this game. No, it's not. It's to have fun. But winning games is a great perk and I do consider it a secondary goal of playing the game. And my tertiary goal is when I lose a game to take a lesson from that game so I can hopefully win it the next time. I think that's a reasonable stack to kind of build this on. So, that's why I built the deck. Let's talk about the, de the games I played. My first game was against Maggie, who had brought a cadet deck, and it was a very good cadet deck. However, it lacked astrometrics to some degree, or at least in the game I played, could not get the astrometrics out that she needed, which meant that with my well-prepared defenses, I was able to target astrometrics fairly easily because it was only on one person. So that happened, and I had other ways to deal with my opponent only having that one astrometrics. I think it was on Karen Ferris or whatever her face is. And I was able to hold her at practice orbital maneuvers for several turns while I completed two missions. Then she came back, though, and after I had completed two missions, she completed two missions. So uh, my, I'd learned the lesson I took from this game is that my Dilemma Pile is not well prepared for Assess Contamination, which I guess will be a corollary, somewhat, to it not being prepared for Denatra very well. So, eh, what to do about this? Well, I think I got a bad, um, just got a bad shuffle. And so the answer to that, of course, is Unexpected Difficulties. And I don't play with that card. I never have. Uh, when I do, it does end up being somewhat useful. I usually don't regret it, so maybe that's something to be said. And, it, and by all uh, accounts, it's one of the most popular cards in the game, if not the most popular card. So, well, ah. So I don't throw it in because I feel like that counter could be more useful somewhere else. Maybe that's not true. Maybe it, maybe this is the light. You know, the light in the tunnel that says, yeah, maybe it's time you start playing with that card. Had it been out, I may have done better. I may have been able to hold her at that mission for another turn. But I don't know. So maybe that's the lesson here. Anyway, the game, I ended up winning uh, shortly thereafter. I think I double teamed through my second planet mission and was able to finish it out for 100 points. So, uh... Very good. Um, my second game, I ended up, I believe I lost that game, and I'm, I'm kind of blanking on, oh, that was the game I played against uh, Michael, pretty sure. And he had brought a DS9 Earth deck that was designed, as he said it, to combat relativity, specifically to be faster than relativity. I don't know if his dilemmas were specifically designed to take care of relativity, but he thought, oh yeah, this deck is going to do well against relativity, and in fact it did. It ended up beating me, so he was able to, he had this group of four that he considered to be very powerful. I think it was Worf, Ezri, Joe Sisko, and I can't remember the fourth person, but oh, George Primmon. And he felt like this group 
uh, he was able to get out fairly easily, and they were able to help him bust through missions really easily. So, yeah, he, uh, he did do well. Uh, what, what, did, what did I learn from losing this game, though? I, I think I played it as well as I could have. Um, yeah, I don't know what I could have done differently, really. Uh, it was a great game, and I appreciated the chance to play against Michael. So, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I guess it was only fair I beat him the next day at 1E. So, well, let's move on to the third game. My third game was against Casey Wickham. Oh, my God. Uh... I should not have won this game. He ended up throwing a dilemma that he had some reservations about. Uh, he forgot that I had an additional medical, and I, with that additional medical, I was able to bust through the dilemma fairly easily, and that ended up costing him the game. So uh, we true-tied, except I had solved a, mitch, a space and a planet, whereas he had only solved two planets. And that was it. That um, th There was a lesson for me to take from this, and that was that it is probably a good idea to try to solve your two highest point missions first, if only because a tie could come up. Had I tried to solve my other planet mission, I would have lost that game. I would have only had 65 points uh, if I'd gotten through it. But because I solved the second, this other mission that was worth 35 points, I was able to hold the game to a tie. So, usually I don't really give a crap about what missions I solved second and third. But this has given me reason to consider trying to do this, that 35-point that mission second. Uh, at least, I guess, is appropriate. You know, look at the opponent's missions. If, if you think the game may end up in a tie, then, uh, as opposed to you losing, then go for the tie, absolutely. So, I'll take that as a lesson from this game. And skill tracking is very good. And maybe the other lesson here is to learn skill tracking. Uh, Casey's very good at it. And had he thrown different dilemmas, I'm sure I wouldn't have tied him in this game. So, all right, my fourth and final game was against Steve. Uh, Steve came in. Uh, he's a... I think he's a Minnesota player. I'm sorry if I'm wrong about that and you're listening. And he had brought a Romulan deck that he had not done much with in the uh, post-Return to Grace era. And I don't know what happened. It, he apparently was not very familiar with Relativity and had had some bad luck against it in uh, previous games. And I was able to breeze through my first two missions very easily. I was able to solve each of my first two missions in one turn, uh, which was kind of unfortunate. I mean, uh, I, Steve was off to a great start. I think he had been able to score 15 points very early with uh, getting under your skin. And uh, I don't think it ended up getting translated into uh, much momentum for him, unfortunately. Uh, but I'm always afraid to face Romulans. They have a lot of interesting tools in their toolbox to combat relativity. Uh, tools I hadn't even known about. He's got, uh, and it didn't happen in this game, but it made me go and look at Romulans. And then, of course, they've got far-seeing eyes. And if they call temporal transporters, I mean, that's it. You, you pull off two of those early on in the game, then there's, that's it. You, you can call uh, relativity pretty much bunk at that point. 
Uh, and if you're pairing that with a, uh, a tragic pile, forget it. So I think a Romulan player could very easily tech a deck to completely shut down relativity. Just flat out, you're done. Uh, they've got a card called Sensing a Trap that was not in his deck either, but he thought that that would be a good card against relativity, and it would be uh, Temple Transporter as being a card that could be replayed many... I, I've probably played the card 10, 12 times in one game. And that's enough to score 100 points right there. Just, uh, you know, either you're playing your... Uh, you're either playing your Temple Transporters, or you're... and you're giving the opponent 10 points, or you're not. So, uh, all that considered, you have to think... Well, I mean, it's an interesting card for... Uh, for a Romulan player to throw in, especially in this relativity-heavy era. We had ten players come with Federation decks, and four of them were, were relativity, so I don't know. could just be the meta. Everyone's thinking relativity is awesome, but Sensing a Trap might not be such a terrible card to throw in. And then they've got this card that lets all their personnel be present at all missions at the same time, which is interesting. Uh, I forgot the name of it. And their uh, Sela says that personnel who don't have intelligence, or if you're, if you are with Sela and you don't have intelligence, then your personnel's abilities can't be used. So, Relativity doesn't have intelligence built in at this point. They have to go get it from a non-future guy if they want it. So, what to do? Uh, I'm not throwing an intelligence guy in my deck just for the sake of having intelligence. I mean, maybe I could for this very, very interesting mashup of a player, but I just don't see the point. So, yeah, uh, do I have abilities that I really need to uh, have? Uh, maybe uh, 7 of 9 downloading Temple Transporters. Uh, all, most of the abilities are at playtime, which is fine. I, I guess Sela would nerf those. If she nerfs those, that could also be very dangerous for relativity. Um, Jewel getting a guy back and Anthony Tony uh, downloading a fed guy. Those those things in Simmons. Uh, yeah. And then also uh, I guess Maris could play uh, without discarding a card, which you know might be nice. I don't know. Um, shutting down Baxter? That's huge. You know, uh, his ability to grab an event back, uh, I think that might get nerfed by her. So, in that particular situation, the Sela with that lack of intelligence thing, that could be very, very bad. So, relativity be warned. Plus, they have the Jordi of the Forge impersonator that can probably just get rid of that intelligence guy, I think. I'm not terribly familiar with all these cards, but... If that's the case, then there's a good chance that those two mixed together would be very bad for relativity. So, again, I think a Romulan player with enough knowledge and forethought could absolutely shut down relativity. If not, then, you know, I don't know. But, anyway, I did win the game in short order. Steve was unable to complete a mission as far as I know. And I took third place. So, the lesson here is... Uh, I don't know what the lesson here is. Uh, be prepared. Know what's out there. Uh, know what opponents could be playing. And 
try to have an answer for it, but, you know, don't go out of your way, of course. But, you know, if there's something you can do about it, consider it. And uh, I guess that's what I had to say about the second edition regional. So third place again. Um, no no better, no worse. I'm, I'm, I do think KC should have won my game, so I probably should have done worse. Does that mean relativity is getting worse? Does that mean I had bad luck? I don't know. But... Um, not so bad. Uh, fun regional. So, uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, next time, I guess we can talk about the triples regional. Uh, don't be surprised if that episode never makes it to light, though. <laughs> Just because it was so dumb. All right. Questions, comments, or concerns, you can give me a call at 267-CALL-CPJ. Leave me a voicemail. Or you can PM me on the message boards at CorbinQ27. Or you can shoot me an email at CorbinJohnson at me.com. Until next time, this is Corbin Johnson signing off, saying so long and thanks for all the trek. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike 3.0 unported license. To find out more about that license, visit creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by dash nc dash sa slash 3.0 Our theme music is Space Ace by Mark Teicher Other songs included are Inspiration and Mission Briefing by Mark Teicher Our outro song is Teleporter by Dungeon Kimura You can find out more about these artists at jamendo.com J-A-M-E-N-D-O dot com And each of those is released under the same or similar Creative Commons licenses as this podcast.